HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Are you getting your lunch delivered today? If you are, you're a part of a $30 billion business. Find out how that runs on this episode of Tech Bites. Well, good morning, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2017. This is episode 86. We're getting close to episode 100, which is very exciting. If anybody has any thoughts or ideas about what episode 100 should be, reach out and let us know. Tech Bytes is an interactive show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TechBytesHRN. You can email us, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. You can also find us on Facebook. Give us a shout. Or if you have a special audio talent you'd like to share, give us a shout also. You never know. We might need some music. I'm Jennifer Liuzzi. I am your host. I am sitting in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in the Shipping Container radio studio, getting ready to talk to some folks from Just Salad. Today we have Nick Kenner, who is CEO and co-founder of Just Salad. Nick, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And we also have Janae Banks, who is the guest relations manager, also the woman who is in charge of the Delivery Command Center, which is very exciting, which is what we're going to be talking about soon. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Me too. So we're going to do like we always do, starting off every episode of Tech Bytes. We go around the container and we talk about apps, apps we love, old favorites, new ones we've discovered. The only rule is that you're not allowed to plug an app you work on or own. So we'll start off with our command center, David Tadashore, who is the show's engineer and also Heritage Radio Network's studio manager. David? That's me. Hello. The voice Uh, from the booth? The voice from above. Adjacent. Or The voice from adjacent. Making asides. I guess the app I'll go with today is a extension of a website that I use pretty frequently. Uh, The website is discogs.com, and the app is called, of course, Discogs. Uh, It's basically a uh, it's both a a database for um, music releases and a marketplace. So it will track all the different uh, editions of a particular album or single uh, throughout its life, um, different reissues, and um, it also gives you a a place to buy and sell from other people who have those records. So that's great. That's a little specific community for all your kind of music disc needs. Definitely, yeah. Records. 
or even just keeping track of your own collection. You don't necessarily have to use it as a, as a community, but that's, that's a big part of it for me and a lot of people. So you use it to keep track of your collection? Uh, n- not really. I have some of my collection uh, entered into it, but mostly I just use it to buy and sell. Okay, good to know. If people want to buy and sell from you on Discogs, do you have like a handle or a thing or a... Uh, is it not, just your name? Yeah, I, th- I I think it's like Dave T or Dave Tat. I, I don't even remember to be. I haven't <laughs> I haven't sold anything on there in quite a while. I, I mostly buy. Okay. Ah. Yeah. So the truth comes out. Yeah. Yeah. This is your. Is this your guilty shopping thing? It it was for a while. I, I've curtailed <laughs> it a little bit. Uh, I've, I've introduced my own austerity measures, if you will. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Discogs dot com and then the app. Yep. And David is on an Android? I am. Android, yep. Yes. So all of David's apps are Android for sure, and we assume maybe Apple. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Janae, do you have an app that you really like right now? Um, I've been using this app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a meditation app for... Anything that you're currently going through in life, whether it's you're about to have a big meeting or if you need to get to sleep or if you just, you know, you're feeling really stressed out and need to calm down. That's basically what I've been using lately. My wife can attest to that as well. (laughs) You are not the first person to have talked about Headspace on this show. I would say it crops up every third or fourth episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a fan of Headspace also. And... Now more than ever, I think people need something to give them a little bit of a 10 or 15 minute respite in the course of their day from all of the media and apps and web and social and all that kind of stuff. I will say also that, you know, as a counterpoint to our technology, which everybody I think needs a break from every now and again, we do episodes here about disconnecting from your tech and going on like a tech fast and a tech cleanse. Um, Just because everything that we do on this show is really about being on your technology almost 24-7, that it's nice to direct people to things like Headspace and taking a break from their technology. And I'm actually scrolling through the iTunes Tech Bytes episode list so that I can let everybody know which episodes there are. Um, so while I look for that, Nick, do you have a, a favorite app right now? Um, I like, uh, this app called Servy, S-E-R-V-Y. Um, as a consumer, you get 2 to $5 off for reviewing restaurants and it geo-targets you when you bring up the app. And, uh, so it's cool from a consumer end and I, I like it selfishly from a restaurant end because it's direct feedback that's usually, uh, critical but constructive not in a public forum like yelp well that's interesting to hear also because we did a show with the founder of survey oh really we did we did a show and again i'm going to be like scrolling through the itunes podcast feed for tech bytes to look for the episode we did a show with survey survey and a second customer feedback app And we had a restaurant owner and restaurant GM, um, the restaurant owner and co-owner and GM from an East Village restaurant called Huertas. And the CEO of Servi came on with the CEO of, oh, I'm going to have to look for it. And (laughs) it was a different type of, it it was a different type of customer feedback app. And they both sort of pitched their services Um, to the restaurant owner to see, you know, if one or the other or both would be something that the restaurant would be interested in. Because to your point, people are, um, restaurants care what their constituency thinks. They just want to have it served up to them in a way that's sort of less public and less potentially damaging, I think. And I think consumers want that too sometimes you know? sometimes yeah right yeah sometimes right but no there there's there's certain customers that they don't know how to it's awkward to approach a restaurant manager about a situation that's kind of their fault so they have the option of either having that awkward moment or going online and posting a yelp review 
that's going to be critical and some people don't want to do that. So I think these types of um, apps fill that void where they can go to the restaurant, be constructive because they like the restaurant and they want something to change um, and then actually get a couple dollars off for doing it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. And then I think most restaurants are always um, interested in giving good feedback so, and giving good service. So then once people hear about it, they usually do respond. Um, Tattle, that was the name oh, of the yeah. other. Oh, yeah. That was the name of the other yeah. app. So it's episode 38, and we have the CEO and founders of Tattle and Servi talking to um, the GM and partner of Hortas. It's a great and very interesting episode because um, it's – customer feedback from two different ways yeah survey's more like the secret chopper yeah and tattle is much more traditional just like send in a comment send in a note and then they aggregate all of that for you we get um so we we use survey as a company we get like two or three shops a day and uh the traditional mystery shopping uh companies are just way too expensive um so this is a way of getting a lot of shops cheaper, and uh, the feedback's just as good, in my opinion. So if people are listening and they want to check out episode 38, that's great. And if you want to check out the survey app, the survey app and you like just salad, um, a lot of times the inspiration and motivation for people to file their feedback is that you get money back and you get a discount. Yeah. Yeah. So you get paid for your opinion. If it's a positive opinion, feel free to yelp it, though. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't done Yelp yet on this show, and I feel like maybe we should. Maybe that should be the 100th episode. That would be, I mean, there's a lot of emotions from restaurants going into that one. A lot yeah. of emotions, and then there's the South Park episode, and there's someone famously who has like 6,000 reviews or something like that who's the most prolific Yelp reviewer. Oh, God. I don't know if I'd want to meet that person. <laughs> Interestingly enough, and I digress, Having and then we're going to get into... that person on the into, show would be interesting. Right? Yeah. Um, I noticed recently I was making a reservation to a restaurant online and I was extremely surprised that the restaurant website pushed me to make the reservation on Yelp. Hmm. I hadn't even heard of that. Yeah. A, I had never heard of that. And it surprised me because typically restaurants don't like Yelp. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. There's love? Um, when if you it's get good. good reviews. Exactly. Yeah. But also... Um, I mean, it's so powerful now. People open up their phone and they'll search salads, burgers, burritos, and they'll look at who's got who's the closest and who's got the most stars. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll look at one or two reviews and they make their decision. Yeah. So um, you love it if your profile is drawing people in, but it, it hurts every time. You know, every time you get yeah. a bad review, it's yeah. it's it definitely hurts. So the love and hate relationship with public reviews and online, I think that's a really great segue into our topic today. So earlier we did an episode on Tech Bytes called Our Delivery Services Bad for Restaurants. That's episode 31. And it took the point of view of two local independent restaurant owners. And for them, with a small standalone business, delivery was really challenging for them on a lot of fronts, most notably financial. And they were you know, struggling with different ways to find solutions of how to balance uh, what they perceived as what their customer wants, which is delivery, and you know, being able to get to know their customers, build a relationship, and still make money. Currently, uh, reportedly, the U.S. food delivery market is about $30 billion. So that's a lot. That's a lot of burritos at your desk at Does lunch. that count grocery stores or is that, is that restaurants and, and grocery? I think that's meal and food, like wow. meal delivery, not grocery. Pizza's got to be a big, yeah. big part of that. It was a, a report that some of the investment research folks at Morgan Stanley did last year. And that was sort of the most current unbiased number that I was able to find. So understandably, businesses are interested in that. Today, we're talking with Nick and Janae because Just Salad has a great experience with delivery and seamless and grubhub their relationship is so fantastic they're one of the top five they're doing a, a brisk business so much so that they have the delivery command center which is fascinating and so let's talk about how your whole 
command center started? It started initially as a call center for customer service? Yes. Well, I've only been in the delivery command center for about three years. But when I first started, we didn't have all the technology that we have now. Now we're able to see the actual delivery riders on their bikes, on their way to the customer. We can give better updates on order statuses. It's before we would have to contact the store. They'd have to call the delivery guy and find out where he is. So it's a, it's a lot easier yeah. for us. It started as, yeah. a, as like a call center yeah. um, and became a delivery command center. And I think when we first started, um, it was simply, wow, we got to get uh, the phones out of these stores. So when, when did let's let's give people a little bit of a historical perspective. When yeah. did you open the first Just Salad shop? So um, we opened the first store in May of 2006, and I think it's relevant to this. Um, ten years ago. Ten, oh yeah! Wow. Over ten years ago. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. Ten years ago. Yeah. Don't make me feel so old. <laughs> no, it's been it's it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. Um, and part of part of the reason I even I opened Just Salad was I was out of college for two years working in finance on a trading desk and ordering salads off of a Seamless Web, and it was forty guys on a trading floor that were complaining about the quality of salads, and um, that kind of was part of the push that led me. Uh, to start it. So from day one, we started with Seamless Web because um, back then all these other delivery platforms weren't in New York. And, um, you know, I was working in the store and um, we would notice er- there's a snowball effect with delivery. Every time um, things start to go downhill and you start running behind in the store, what happens is now you get calls coming in from customers. Where, Where are my it? deliveries? And now all of a sudden, operationally, you're sloppy. You're right. forgetting the avocado in the salad or the chickpeas, whatever it might be. Because you're probably staffed for a snapshot of service that is X number of salads going out the door, X number of manager management time dealing with stuff. And in the times when you're slow, you're slightly overstaffed. And then in that window of crunch time, you're probably pushing it. Yeah, yeah there's, or beyond. Yeah. And so we'd start to get the calls in. And then we deal with the calls horribly, you know, because you're in the heat of the moment um, and you tend to be more. And people uh, are heated probably in the moment also. They're hungry and upset. They're hangry. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And and so. uh, It's a great word. Yeah, it's a great great non-word or whatever, (laughs) you know, urban vernacular thing. Yeah. And so it it goes it goes downhill fast. So we um, once we got to. It was six locations. Um, we decided that in our um, office offsite that we'd get um, three phones and we would have uh, three people uh, man the phones uh, during the lunch rush. And actual it, landline phones, um, voice over IP. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it would have been a great story if it was like the old school landline phones yeah well they still work better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as as janae can attest to yeah um but uh yeah no so that was kind of how it started and then we um kept getting and we um, immediately recognized this was way better because then right? it just completely alleviated it just took a percentage of work time and attention out of the stores yeah that yes. incremental extra time that would happen during your lunch rush and less mistakes would happen as a result because they didn't have to deal. The store did not have to deal with the customer. Um, and usually that person in the store at restaurants that's dealing with the customer is on a management level. And you just took them away from operations. Right. Um, so we found it very um we found it very helpful, and we and over time grew the responsibilities of a call center, um, which I think also like a call center has like like negative like. It kind of depends. I mean, know. I think call centers started off with. Um, I mean, we'll see how old you really are. Started off with um, the commercials for the Time Life operator. Okay. You know, operators are standing by. Yeah. yeah. For television commercials where you ordered and you had the woman with the headset on and that kind of stuff. And then I think over time, um, the variations and 
varied scenarios of what and where a call center could be sort of start to change the nature of what it is. But, you know, the, the problem with call centers are they're disassociated from the brands often. Mm-hmm. So they don't work for the brand. They don't know it. And you can sense that on the phone. Right. Yes. And from day one, um, these were just salad employees who had worked in the store, who were passionate about the brand and um, passionate about delivery. Um, so I, I felt like it didn't do them justice, especially as we move towards um, getting more analytics involved. Um, so we, we, we changed it to the Delivery Command Center when Janae um, took it over. And uh, it is now, it's, it's, a, it's a command center. Yes. So at what point did you start to add in analytics? And in what form did you do that? Did you just, you know, give people sheets and say, let us know how many returns, how many coupons, how many free salads you had to buy? And then do you have... Uh, software something in place now that just tracks all these things or what at what point did you move from um one stage to the next so it was a, it was somewhat of a slow evolution um it was first the first move was so six stores call center for lunchtime when did that happen so you uh, opened in two, yeah or, you opened in 2006 with one shop it was about 2009. Okay, so 2009, you have six stores. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. You're busy enough to have three phones for lunch rush. Right. What happens next? So um, at that point, we started to open a lot more stores. Um, And uh, we also uh, started to kind of get a format in which the stores and the call center would, um, deal with each other. So for example, we took, we encouraged GChat with, uh, the call center and the store managers and that, yeah, Yeah. and that, and also, uh, quicker, right? I mean, in real time. Yeah. And, and the whole like phone ringing with the chaos in the store that didn't happen nearly as much. Um, and then we started to track um, a couple different things, uh, inaccuracies um, on toppings, inaccuracies on dressings, um, food quality issues, uh, general um, service issues from the delivery guys, uh, and of course, most important, uh, lateness to avoid the uh, hangry customer. Um, so that was like the base of the analytics. Um, and at this point in time, we had probably, you know, at, at peak, we probably had 100 delivery guys across the company. Wow. Yeah. That's over how many stores? Um, that's over uh, 20, 25 U.S. stores. Wow. Okay. That's a fleet. It's a, it's its own. Yeah, it's a fleet. And anyone in the restaurant industry can attest, and I don't think I'm being biased here, the hardest employees to manage are delivery uh, staff. <laughs> so it's it's really it's really hard. I mean, delivery is really um, challenging, really challenging, especially f- in urban. I mean, in New York City, not only is it just traffic, but then it's also building addresses. And then if you're dealing with the traders, they're in those buildings now mm-hmm. where you need ID and right. this and the delivery and it doesn't go to the desk. It goes to the mailroom. And it, I mean, Right. There's, a, there's a gauntlet of checkpoints yeah. in most urban cities now to get from, I would assume, the store to the trading desk. Now they need security IDs and everything yeah. to get past there. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging. And at this point in time, I would say our average delivery time, honestly, was probably about an hour. Um, wow. Yeah. An hour for a salad? Yep. Yeah. And My salads died after an hour. <laughs> It, uh, Dressing on the side, right? Uh, that's customer preference. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Now, now the process. Now it's not like the salad sitting there for an hour, right? You know, because it, it does take uh, time to accept the order, right? Make the order, okay. Send Fair out enough. the order, but um, no, it wasn't. We weren't proud of our delivery times, and um, we've worked hard. Janae and the delivery command centers worked hard. I mean, now we have analytics on every single order that comes through. So, you know, Janae now ha- puts this report together. Average time to confirm order on any every single platform. Uh, average time for the food to be prepped. Average time for uh, the food ready to be picked up. Average time from pickup of delivery 
to drop off average total time of delivery and you know a, as of last month we were at uh, 30.05 minutes so on on average across all deliveries last month mm-hmm. we're obviously our goal is 29 minutes i think uh, it's pretty unreasonable. Is that, the, is that the pizza delivery standard that sort of became the universal 30 minutes or less? You know, I don't know what the... Because uh, how... that's, been, that's been the pizza delivery that... scenario. I think it's Domino's a, a million years ago yeah. started their Their delivery promise was 30 minutes or, le- or, or less or you get it for free. Yeah, we're not promising that. <laughs> no, but I no. think that set, you know, Domino's a being part. national, being at such a, you know, such a large company with media and commercials and things like that. That's really, my guess would be where the industry standard of 30 minutes just for delivery generally probably came from, because that's what consumers I, I would think, expect to hear. I think consumers in, and we're all... Or has it changed because millennials don't watch TV and they don't know what Domino's is? I mean, I would think your listeners would be pretty happy if they get their order within 30 minutes. Yeah. I think in, in New York and Chicago, where mm-hmm. we're based. Um, Very demanding customer base. It's a demanding customer base, but they also, I think um, delivery times in Manhattan are probably worse than other markets. I have nothing to support that other than uh, being a delivery customer myself. Right. Um, you know, I I'm, I use Postmates and all these other things as a consumer, and I I rarely get them within thirty minutes. Um, but no, I think I think that we're proud of of being able to do uh, thirty minutes. But I think the most important statistic is percentages of deliveries that come within forty five minutes. Okay. Um, and you know, we're over ninety percent on that, and that's kind of the threshold that we we determine like, okay, now the order's over 45 minutes. Now the customer's starting to get pissed. And every minute that anger builds yes. after 45 minutes. Well, we are at our 30-minute mark. We hope people are happy and satisfied listening. And we are also going to take our 30-minute break and find out who our sponsors are. The Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 charity, nonprofit. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you didn't know that we keep the lights on and the shows on the air 100% from donations from listeners like you and underwriting and sponsorship from amazing companies like this one. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chouchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly radio show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, that intersection is at the Just Salad Delivery Command Center, which sounds very techy, and I think it is. 
And we're excited to have Nick Kenner, who's the CEO and co-founder of Just Salad, and Janae Banks, who's the guest relations manager and lady in charge of aforementioned Delivery Command Center. So we are going to have Janae now kind of walk us through what a day what you know a day in the life of the command center is like because i imagine that you you sort of like ramp up and then you take a break and then you ramp up again and then you know you take a break and you shut it down and then you come back and you do it all again um basically so the first thing that we do when we come in the morning we open at nine we will send reports out to all the general managers and the ops team how many how many stores do you have now we have 31 stores. And that's nationwide? That is nationwide. Do you have uh, any we'll international probably, outposts yet? Yeah, um, uh, three are in Dubai and two in, are in Hong Kong, but we are not managing delivery. Franchises? Yeah. In, yeah. The domestic stores are company-owned, okay. and then internationally it's franchised. So for the domestic stores, it's 31? Yes. That's great. Okay. So, and we have, we do delivery with 22 locations. Okay. Um, so the first thing we do, we send out any issues that happened the day before to the general managers and the ops team so they can be aware of anything that happened the day before. So if they had a, a certain amount of inaccuracies, which are issues with orders, maybe somebody got a wrong, uh, a wrong dressing, their salad wasn't chopped, they were missing protein... That's the type of information that we send to everybody in the morning. So are you sending each store specific information about themselves, or are you sending all the stores all of the information? We're sending all the stores all of the information. So that's great. So people can see a little bit like what's happening around the country. Yes. Yeah, and they can see the context of how good or or bad they might be doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are stores competitive? (laughs) Yeah, yes. amongst each other. Very yes. okay. I would be competitive if and I was by the a store we, owner. We, we sp- I would want to be the best just salad in the world. We should talk after. No, <laughs> no we we have also districts. Too. I got a guy who makes good salad. Okay, yeah, that's a start. <laughs> um, we have districts too. So, like each district uh, is about six locations, and those districts are uh, like the downtown district would be competitive with the midtown downtown district, district to win the salad games. Yes, the salad wars. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so information goes out in the morning so people know what happened yesterday and maybe what to look out for to, as a caution for the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- calls start coming in around 1030. Order calls from customers. Yes. Yeah. So that's mostly people calling to place orders. Um, and then around 1130, that's when people start calling to ask for the status of their orders. Uh, that gets pretty busy until around two o'clock. So that's mostly people. I want to check the status of my order. I want to check the status of my order. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. I want to check the status of my order. Where's my order? Does my calling you help get my order faster? Yeah. I mean, well, we can check. Yes. sir. Cause I would, I would imagine that sometimes maybe yes. And sometimes oh, well, maybe no. no. So, so the answer is it doesn't. It does not help you get your order faster. No. But if you're like a control freak and you need to know where in the process your order is, we can we can share give you that. information. Yeah, yes. we can say, oh, the the order is has left the building, yes. so to speak, out for delivery, yeah. basically. Okay, because you can't. I mean, I, I asked the question, and actually, like a, a little sidebar to you know the Headspace. There's mm-hmm. a great um, meditation app about commuting on yes. Headspace, and one of the things that um, it says is. If you're late, being in a panicked rush is not going to help you get there faster. Yeah. So it's sort of like the emotional state of something is not necessarily going to help expedite the process. So I just ask. I think it can be constructive from a customer. And if you like have a meeting and you're like, has this order been made? Right. You know, and we can tell you that. So you can plan accordingly. Yeah. Okay. So it's informative. It can help the customer plan accordingly. It's not necessarily going to actually help it get there faster. No. But then they can sort of... Make a strategy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they're more comfortable knowing that right. the order is on its way. So this is this is hopefully informational for people who order a lot of delivery, maybe figuring out how they can be like great customers and get the most out of their delivery service. Okay. Yes. So calls start coming in. Where's my lunch? Yes. So where's my lunch? If the we ask the customer what platform they ordered on, um, and then we will look up the information by their order number. 
then we will pull up the information and we can see whether the order is out for delivery. Uh, some of our third-party platforms offer GPS tracking, so we can actually see the delivery guy on the bike and we can see that, okay, he's on Greenwich Street, so he's a block away from you. So we can give them an accurate picture of what's going on with their delivery. And like to paint a picture, it's Janae and a team of 10 um, with um, in like an open kind of uh, room, trading floor style room mm -hmm. with a, a flat screen in the middle that shows all the incoming calls coming in. And on their computers, they have um, all the platforms that we use for delivery. How many platforms do you use for delivery? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, your Just Salad phone or place an order through the Just Salad website. Yes. Right. We, we, yeah, it's, uh, it's the... Seamless Grubhub. Yes. Seamless Grubhub. And then we're also testing a couple platforms at our First Avenue location. So they are using DoorDash, Post Caviar, Postmates. So we are piloting... And then, and then our Chicago locations um, use DoorDash mm -hmm. at all of them, which um, does well for us in Chicago, but not as well in New York. Um, and Grubhub, yes. but not seamless. But not seamless. And uh, the JustSalad.com um, orders. Yes. Okay. So that's a lot. Phone, phone and internet. Right. Do you have well. an app to place orders? Yes. Well, it's actually, we have an app um, that is really more driven for loyalty like Got you it. get nine dollars you get a free avocado or nine dollars off every yeah. 99 okay. spent yeah mm -hmm. but and we have um which is almost like it's like free salad yeah exactly okay um and we all you can also order off that app but it takes you to a web-based platform so honestly the app is not great for ordering we do a good job of providing good desktop ordering which is a problem um so in April, we're coming out with um, a mobile delivery system that will be much better. So that's great. So that'll be an extra platform for you to add. Yes. So you're monitoring <laughs> all the platforms. You're in the command center. You're in the situation room. Mm -hmm. And then it's lunchtime. So at what point does it stop? It usually stops around 2. Okay. That's when I send everybody on their lunch breaks. Um, Do you guys get delivery for lunch? I, I or do you eat salad delivery. every day? Is there like a just salad salad bar in the staff break room? Or um, yeah, I've been eating salads every day for the most part, especially for since the past we, three years. <laughs> not for the past three <laughs> years, uh, since we've been at our new command center. I've been eating the soul bowl every day. What's in the I'm soul obsessed. bowl? Uh, it's shrimp, cucumbers, carrots, quinoa, and farro mix. Um, and it has like furikake shake on there. Oh, I love furikake. Uh, yeah. Sriracha. Sriracha, I love drizzle, and our miso ginger vinaigrette. It's really good. I almost like saying it as much as I like it. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable, <laughs> it's uncomfortable to say, no? <laughs> I think it's fun. I like it. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. Furikake. Yes. I've also never met someone who didn't like furikake shake. You know, like it's always like the, it's a crowd. I'm sure, I'm sure you have a number of people who would tell you they don't want it. Really? Having never tried it. Yeah. It's also yeah, yeah. a weird, it's a, like, what, what the hell is for a cocky? I haven't tried it before. I we think I look at it as multicolored sesame seeds. <laughs> right, exactly. In the shaker. Yeah. It's like confetti. Um, I am from Hawaii originally, oh, born oh, cool. and raised, and go back there quite frequently. And for a cocky is like a big uh, flavor type seasoning that you see on everything from like furikake popcorn you see furikake on fish you see furikake all over the place so we put it on our broccoli now as yeah. well which yeah. is good furikake's good okay i tell them to put it all over i love it <laughs> so your staff takes their lunch break yes and then when do you get ready for the dinner rush uh well the dinner rush usually starts around five o'clock and lots of the customers that are calling around that time are the corporate staff, the corporate orders, because they are getting, if they stay past a certain amount of time at their they job, get they'll to, get they their... They get to have dinner. Yeah. So um, a lot of people are calling in for orders that are through seamless corporate end. Um, and then our Upper East Side locations, they get a lot of residential business. So lots of the orders that come in at night or through them. 
So ordering dinner at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then at what point does your day end and you reconcile all the data? Um, the day, well, we close the call center at 1030 at night. Okay. That's a long day. Yeah. It's a, it's a very long day. Um, so the people that work the first shift, what they'll do is take all the information from every phone call that they receive that day and they will enter it into a form. And then the person that comes in the morning will take that information and send out the report. So as long as everybody records their uh, phone call information, order number, time the order was placed, customer information, um, it'll give you a pretty accurate picture of what happened the day before. So what type of system are you using to capture and input and analyze all this data? Is it a custom system that you built? Is it an off-the-shelf system that you bought? Um, well, I use just Google forms to record the information that they take on a daily basis. Are you a company that's using Google and Gmail for your everything? Corporate? Everything. Yes. Because you mentioned you're on G the Gchat yeah. earlier, so yeah, we. It's a if it's a Google tool, you're on it. It's a real cheap and affordable way for yeah. businesses to scale up and grow. And for us, I mean, we've we've used it from um, from day one, and uh, it's been it's been effective. But we also, in terms of um, we also have like our own proprietary um, system where we can place like order tickets with stores and communicate with the stores through as well. So the call center opened in 2009, yep. I think we said. So this is seven, eight years later. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. What have you been able to do with all the data that you've been capturing? Because we talk a lot about data and metrics, especially now in the you know startup internet and digital age. Um, you know, Facebook is a bajillion dollar company because of the data that they have. And I think it's difficult sometimes for people to understand what the value of the data represents, and especially for restaurant people. Restaurant people are typically really interested in making the most delicious pizza and having a great environment and their great product. And how does the data component fit into making yeah. better restaurants? Well, ultimately, it's it's what the operations team does with it. Um, but I think the most impactful data that comes from the delivery command center is the breakdown per store of how long it's taking. Because that's actionable things. So, for example... And if, time is money. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, literally. Um, because customers will not order if, you, if it's starting to take too long. And so we can identify, let's say, that a store in Chicago is taking um, five minutes to simply accept the order. When the acceptable time frame is two minutes, we can shave three minutes off pretty quickly because of that um, report that Janae and her team is uh, putting together. Or... We can see, hey, this store, the delivery guys from pickup to delivery is taking 20 minutes. Um, and on average, it should be 10 to 15 minutes in transit. We can talk to um, the delivery team. Um, and I think it's important to note, like, you know, just salad now doesn't, uh, we use third party delivery um, services. So we'll reach out to these partners at this particular store and say, you need to staff up here. We don't know what's going on, but we, it's not acceptable. And there's, um, there's kind of multiple third-party um, delivery uh, companies. So they're competitive with each other, and they want to do uh, the best job they can. But that report is the most essential. I think the report that Janae puts together, too, with the um, latenesses and inaccuracies is really interesting, too, because every store has a batting average. And at th that is a, like, it's a percentage of what, um, how many mistakes or latenesses do you have? And... 1% is that margin of error that it's just going to happen, especially we did like last week or typical week. How many deliveries are we doing? Um, we did 10,000 plus in a, deliveries. In, a in, week? In, a, in, in a week. week. Yeah. Yes. So we're doing, obviously it's a lot of, a lot. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it, it's a lot. That's a lot of fur a cocky. Yeah. yeah. That's a really big load of fur. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, just salad is, uh, is, is good at that apparently. But we, uh, we, we, we pride ourselves like the stores pride themselves on being under 1% and it's frowned upon if you're like at three or, or 4%. I think one of, 
one thing that I've also observed just generally in life, and I'm a huge fan of systems and statistics and um, processes, when you turn something into an analytical system, percentage points, two minutes late, two minutes down, what's happening, then it also becomes less personal. Mm -hmm. It's not, what did you do? And it becomes less personal to the people involved. And then I think people become, when it just becomes a matter of, of numbers and, and black and white, then it alleviates, I think, a lot of the emotional stress or tensions that happen sometimes around things, especially when we're in the really potentially stress-ridden lunchtime hangry rush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's right on because... These oper- you know, if you're in the field and you're doing operations and you're busting your butt to make sure things are going right, and then you know you're getting you're, someone's calling you say too many orders are late. You know yeah. you can't. You got to hurry up. You got to get faster. Uh, that's going to not motivate someone. No, it's going to make that's someone defensive and motivation. exactly ver- yeah. versus like systematic weekly reports that just say here it is, and they you're going to take more ownership. Right. Of that as a general manager or district manager. So we're, we're over time um, and could actually probably be talking about this for a lot longer because there's still so many, so many interesting little details, I think, and factoids about how this runs. But I always like to close shows with asking everyone for a little piece of actionable advice for our listeners. Um, so that maybe they can take something away that they can use for themselves. So for a lot of our listeners who are restaurant owners and food entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, Nick, I'll ask you the question, you know, back when you were one shop, one store starting off, if you knew how impactful all this information could be, how would you try and do that when you were really in a startup bootstrapping you know, economically challenged, staff challenged. How, how can a small restaurant or food store owner build some of these things into what they do to help them do better? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing, if I was back at one store, what I would do is say, how much reasonably can this store do in business? Is it $5,000 a day? Is it $10,000 a day? And then I would say, if I can do only $5,000 a day in business because that's just the size of the space, the amount of people I can fit in, then, and I can do that with walk-in customers, I wouldn't do delivery. I would just say, let's not even deal with delivery. Let's just focus on the walk-in customer and, um, and do it that way. I think where delivery becomes necessary is to kind of um, reach your max capacity at a store. And that's what, look, we have stores that just can't handle delivery. So there's no reason to do it if you don't need to do it. So you have stores that do not do delivery because they're at maximum capacity with people in the shops. Correct. That is a really interesting statistic and I think potentially empowering to people because I think in life, a lot of people do things just because that's what you do. And I think sometimes saying, no, we're not going to do that because we're at or our financial goals, or we're at our right. production goals, could be a great pivot for people. Yeah, and and then again, the next step after um, serving your walking customers is don't just try pickup too. You know, every day people are um, migrating from walking into stores to pickup and delivery. But you don't have to. You could do walking customers. You can do pickup, and you can you can leave delivery if you don't need it. Um, so I, I think long term, I think everyone's going to have to play in the delivery space because um, that's what consumers want. Um, so I think, you know, we feel lucky because we have a, a head start um, and we have a good structure thanks to Janae and, and her team. But um, honestly, like if you don't, if you're so busy that you don't need to do delivery, then why, why do it? Um, that's a great, great piece of advice. If you don't need to do it, why do it? Fantastic. I like that. Um, Maybe counterintuitive, but if you're hitting your numbers in other ways, why make yourself crazy? So, Janae, I will ask you, talking about the crazy, a lot of your work is based around 
um, people being really emotional, um, emotional and frustrated and demanding. Mm -hmm. What's your best advice to people of how to diffuse someone's crazy if they're on the phone with you or they're in front of you? Do you have any tricks that you've learned over the past few years or anything that you've seen that works really well? Because we've all been there, whether we're in a command center or not, where you've had somebody on the phone or someone in front of you who's just going bananas. Um, basically letting them know that they are right and they, and we understand that they're frustrated and we letting them know that we want to help them. Um, another thing from a representative standpoint and getting your representatives to be happy, I think you should definitely try to have fun with your representatives because they're constantly getting yelled at for every little thing. So, you know, just making the the command center a fun environment is really helpful because it translates on the phone as well to the customers. Okay. Two great pieces yeah. of advice. Basically the same piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Let everybody know that they're important. Yes. yes and you're going to help them. Mm-hmm. Great. This is all the time that we have for Tech Bytes. If you enjoyed it, come back and see us next week at um, Thursday at 11 a.m. If you can't make the live broadcast, we are on iTunes as a podcast as well as on Stitcher Radio. Check out one of those, download it, subscribe, and if you really, really loved us, leave us an amazing five-star review. If you didn't like it and you have some critical feedback, we still want to know, just maybe send us an email. Or call the delivery command center. Or call the delivery (laughs) command center and tell Janae and she'll forward it along. And, you know, maybe we can help you out and get you a coupon for a salad and some fricaki. Definitely. I'm Jennifer Mm -hmm. Leutzi and this is Tech Bytes. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.